welcome aboard to Fishing Without Bait, a lifetime without definitive expectations, a podcast dedicated to assisting people in participating in their life through full impact mindfulness, avoiding the wishing and the hoping and waiting for something to happen. It's action and effort. It's buying the ticket to your life. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Mike. Good to be here once again, Jim. Mr. Mike, quite often we uh, we love to share recovery stories uh, on our podcast. And again, it's an open invitation for anybody to contact our show. Yes. And if they'd like to discuss uh, a recovery, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a recovery from drugs or alcohol or gambling or any of the other addictions, as everyone is in recovery from something. We want to know how you got here from there. That's the part of the journey that we're interested in. Absolutely. As in a 12-step world, sobriety dates are very important to people, Mike. Mm-hmm. Sober and clean dates. Mm-hmm. That's the that would be the, the the first day that you were you you started the sobriety, correct? Like the last day of the drink or something like that. That's correct. Mm-hmm. That's correct. So there's a differentiation between uh, what people called normal birthdays in the 12-step world. We call that a belly button birthday. <laughs> Do you follow that? Uh, yeah, the belly is that when the belly button falls off. On a, on right, a you're you're born, your belly yes. button, the, the cord is cut. Yes, and uh, you're born into this world. Okay, mm-hmm. we call that a belly button birthday. Okay, and of course, people celebrate that. But a more important birthday for us in the twelve step world is your sober and clean date, mm-hmm. as we consider that the day you became alive. Mm-hmm. As for those of our friends out there uh, in recovery or in addiction who are still suffering, uh, they know what a terrible struggle that is, what a tortured life that is, and we know what a hard struggle it is to crawl out of that place and what a celebration it is to be free. Absolutely. I'm sure that there's been things that you've uh, stepped aside from, Mike, and things that maybe you felt a whole lot lighter after jettisoning that yeah uh you know whether it be toxic friends or a a a family situation or a work situation or clients sometimes no absolutely you just feel lighter when you've kind of stepped around stepped away from that and decided that that is not going to be something that you're dealing with that's either plant flowers or you pull weeds Mm -hmm. hopefully both Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. so unfortunately what happens is most people spend 95 percent of their time trying to change people, places, things, and situations. Turning those weeds into flowers. Yes, that are obstinate. They keep trying to grow daisies in a sandbox. Mm -hmm. All right? So the idea is is to spend 95% of your time on the things that work. Absolutely. There's a a little bit of a, in business, a little bit of um, an idea of of lean into your strengths, right? Yes. You know, it's kind of like that. You know, hey, stop butting your head against this. Uh, idea or this aspirational thing you want to do, whether it be in business or something. Um, but, uh, you know, like, okay, you're good at this. You can make money from this. Take that path. Take that positive path uh, forward, correct? Well, the question is, how many things can you do well at once? That's true, too. You know, there's this jack-of-all-trades idea, too. And uh, you know, I was just actually talking with our friend Katie about because we kind of do a little bit of everything, right? And there's like, oh, some people just concentrate on one one of these aspects, you know? And I was like, what is that world like? <laughs> <laughs> well, as we've discussed in many of our podcasts, 
our brains are not hardwired for multitasking. No, no, absolutely not. They cause a great deal of what is termed today as burnout. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what is this concept? And, and feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. However, at many 12-step meetings, as our friends out there could attest to, uh, many people, when they share or they introduce themselves, they announce their sobriety day. Mm-hmm. I never do that. And that's a that's a very atypical thing, right? Like that's a, it like is. like it's kind of one of those things that gets pushed in the meetings, right? My general answer is is that I've been clean and sober since before yesterday. Mm. I was speaking at a rehab on Monday, my my absolute favorite thing in the world to do to carry the message, and I a few of them asked me, you know, how long have you been clean and sober? It's, it's a common question in, yeah, the, in, yeah. in, in that world. Mm-hmm. How long you've been clean? How long you've been sober? It's a little bit of like, a, um, um, that's your, that's your badge of honor. That's your, you know, Oh, you have this much time of experience and success in this, right? That's one side of the coin. Mm-hmm. I consider more, uh, that when you're announcing your sobriety date, it's more ego. Mm. And I'll give you a perfect example of what happened many years ago. I was at a particular meeting, and this particular person uh, shared. And during the time that they were sharing, they announced their sobriety date at least five times. In my 197 years of sobriety, and they well, they were pontificating, and it was almost seeming like as if they wanted everyone to know how how special they were and that how fortunate those people were to hear their message. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I listened to this and I've, of course we've all heard egos before. And however, what caught my attention, Mike was the next person who spoke and it was, I, it was a young lady and she looked down on the floor and she says, I only have eight days. And it feels so defeating in, in comparison, right? Correct. Yeah. And I broke every, rule of etiquette at AA meetings. I broke it. And I, do I regret it today? I guess, but not much. Uh, Actually, I stopped the meeting and I asked that young lady, I said, you look me in the eyes, look me in the eyes. And I want you to understand that that time you have is more precious and special than all this time in this room put together Mm -hmm. because it is yours. Mm -hmm. That's your accomplishment. That's your accomplishment. Never, mm-hmm. never lower your eyes to another human being on mm-hmm. earth. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at that other person. I said, shame on you. I was aggressively told about that after the meeting. And then, <laughs> but I, I did. I, that, that was a, that was rude. And that it was, was a, I mean, it was an emotional moment. You saw what was happening and, and felt that something needed to be said to, to correct. Right. I mean, that's you, you, you. I mean, you did what we talk about here. You observed, you knew what was true and, 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 and took action. There's few things in this world that bother me as much as someone interfering in someone else's recovery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Cause that's such a, uh, that's such a raw nerve for a lot of people, right? Uh, you know, that are uh, uh, a very um, uh, sensitive, um, you know, vulnerable place. And, and, and that, you know, that situation could have turned that person, you know, away from, from the success that they already had. These people come, people come into early recovery, Mike, baffled, confused, mm-hmm. shaken, uncertain. Mm-hmm. And 
there looking for help. And one of the common misnomers is about the 12 step world, Mike, is that it's a self help program. Yes. If it were, if we could help ourselves, would there be need for meetings? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, this is, this is a group effort. That self help, I think, is just a, it's a total misnomer. Right. I mean, it's, it's something to sell books, isn't it? Uh, a little bit in, in, in packages and plans and things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, because I, I, the, self, the self-help, you know, it's like, what is it? The, the, if I buy this book, that's my magic pill instead of having to go to therapy or well, having to do the work. You I, know? I consider that the easier, softer way. Okay. And um, the whole, one of the, again, one of the misnomers is, is that 12-step recovery is about stopping using drugs or alcohol or gambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not about that. It's about having a change in your thoughts and a change in your actions. It's about having that psychic change. How many times have we talked about we can't think our way into acting right? We have to act our way into thinking right. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. That first step is the only one that mentions any addiction, and everybody is addicted and recovering from something. The next steps all get to work on yourself. The most important thing is you took a step forward every day, right? That's um, correct. I, listen, I don't have the 300 and some days of uh, my perfect rings on my fitness that my friend does. I have I have 50, right? But, you know, it doesn't, you know, that doesn't, he started before I did. Not, you know, I can't, you can only compare yourself to, um, are you better than yesterday? Are you better than a year ago? Correct. You know, that's what's most important. That person is better than they were eight days ago or the day before, you know, and that is monumental, especially in those early stages of that. The thought in Buddhism, Mike, is that flowers don't compare themselves to other flowers. Right. They bloom. Yep. Exactly. So we often caution people in the 12-step world to not compare recoveries. Mm. What step are you on? Well, I'm on step this. Now it's I remember years ago, I every Friday night I would go to this particular rehab uh, to talk with people, not at them, Mike. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important that we talk with people and yes. not at them. Yes, absolutely. And I sat in there, and there was this uh, another young lady in there. She said, oh, Jim, I couldn't wait until you got here tonight. And, of course, my feathers were puffed up and my <laughs> ego. And I said, oh, that's nice to hear. And she says, I couldn't wait. And to, I could not wait until you got here to tell you how much I hated you. And she meant it. There was acid flying off of her tongue. And I said, okay. I said, well, I said, well, could you, uh, could you help me understand that? And she says, yeah, you come here and you tell us about these steps. You show us how to work them. And I'm trying and trying and I'm trying to practice these things and nothing's happening in my life. I hate you. And he said the exact words she said. And I said, okay. I said, well, you may be surprised by this, but this is a good day for me. This is a good day for me. And if it's your dislike and hatred for me that keep you on the path of recovery, I want you to hate me intensely. I said, and she, she says, I don't understand. I said, here's what I'm hearing from you. You're frustrated. And you're frustrated shows me that you're trying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're trying. Mm-hmm. And these other people that tell you that they're on step X, step nine, step 14, whatever. Uh, of course, there's no step 14. I just, I told that young lady, says, they are lying to you. Mm-hmm. I am so proud of you. It shows me that you're trying. 
When somebody comes to me and says, everything that you're telling me has worked, it's working perfectly. My life's completely turned around. I know that they're fibbing to me. <laughs> I know that they're fibbing. Okay. So the whole idea is a lot about life is to frustrate people, Mike. Mm -hmm. Frustrate them into bursting out of that comfort zone. Maybe that comfort zone's drugs or alcohol or banana popsicles or gambling or relationships or snicker bars. Okay. So we all compare ourselves to other people in life, how well we're doing. Uh, people in your media, artists, singers, mm -hmm. performers, that's that's constantly they're comparing themselves to others. Absolutely. I, I, I'm comparing to other producers, other podcasts, other things. Like, why can't I f get that part figured out, right? Uh, why can't I produce something as beautiful as that, as concise as that? You know, because you're too close to it, too. You know, and, 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 and always, you know, grass is always greener, but you don't know what the other person's dealing with in their own thing. It, it you know... Every time you see success, successes, you don't know what they're taking to get there or what they're still dealing with. Well, you've heard of the 20-year overnight success. Mm -hmm. And it's action and effort that make a future possible, Mike. Mm -hmm. So, And we just recently uh, did a podcast on how ego kills empathy. Mm -hmm. And empathy is so important when you're dealing with people who are struggling in life. That's right. And active listening, empathy. So my friends out there, uh, for those of you who are listening, we invite you to contact the show. Mike will show you how to do that. We love to hear recovery stories. It can be from anxiety, depression, grief, uh, along with the substance use issues, or anything that you think you could pass a message on to others that would provide some help for them. And as always, Mike, at the end of every podcast, we offer a free prescription. Fruits, nuts, and vegetables unplug your television and take up fishing and for a truly mindful experience we suggest that you fish without bait do a kindness for yourself do a kindness for another forgive yourself and forgive another invite joy into your life and make beautiful choices until we meet again namaste my friends please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com where you can listen to the show comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait.